Greetings, Ecclesia family. This is Pastor Mike Yeager welcoming you back to our podcast series, Quarantine Made Sacred. We thank you for listening. So we remain largely in mandated isolation and none of us know when that is going to change. And if you're anything like me, you've experienced some unpredictable emotions around that fact. So how do we reconcile the challenging realities of this season with our distinctive call as a people made to be with, with one another, with the world as a reflection of God's love? This is the paradox. How do we remain together, apart? These questions sting all the more because of when we are. This is Holy Week. In most years, we at Ecclesia would be joyously planning a resurrection party. You all would likely be making arrangements to gather with family and friends to feast and rejoice. And that will look quite different this year. And we can take the time to grieve that. Don't get me wrong, we can't wait to be with you all on Sunday morning. And I promise you that it will be a celebration. But the truth is unavoidable that it won't be the same. And so especially this week, we pray that this brief time together would be centering, would be an encouragement. We are in this together. There's so much to share with you, but I'll try to make it quick. Not that you're likely finding yourself in much of a rush these days. In addition to this podcast, we hope you're listening to Corona Conversations, in which Pastor Chris dialogues with friends around the world. You'll learn about the challenges these leaders face in their own circumstances, but also our shared hope as we each respond where God has uniquely placed us. You can join our midweek Vespers as we worship and pray for the world, our city, and for one another. I strongly encourage you to join us as a multitude of voices lead us through a Maundy Thursday service of worship and contemplation. We'll remember the Last Supper, the First Eucharist, and follow in the humble service modeled by Jesus to his disciples. That'll be Thursday evening, 8 p.m. on Zoom. The following day, we invite you to the Gospel According to Johnny Cash, in which we explore the life and music of the man in black through the lens of Good Friday, trial, despair, death, and the promise of rebirth. We'll stream on our website and on Facebook Live at noon and at 8 p.m. And then on Sunday, we will join as a family scattered literally across the globe and worship our risen Savior. If you've been joining us on the weekend for Ecclesia Online, the rhythms will be largely the same, but we ask you to think in the coming days about who you will invite to take part as we proclaim the good news that is for all people. Our friends Bob Goff and Propaganda will be dropping in, and we're working on a few other surprises. You can find all of this information along with other ways to connect with pastoral care and to connect with one another at ecclesiahouston.org. And so today, Pastor Sean will continue teaching and guiding, more deeply exploring the place that all of us have become increasingly, perhaps maddeningly familiar with in these days, our homes. What does God have to say about our households? What if God is not out there waiting to be pursued, but is right here waiting to be discovered? How might this season continue to shape us as followers of Jesus, our liberating King, for all of its challenge, for all of its uniqueness? So let's consider that together. Ecclesia, would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for this day and this time together as a community who long to serve you. Help us to always be like the one who built their house on rock, on a firm foundation. 
When storms hit, rain pounded down and waters rose. Levees broke and winds beat all the walls of that house. The house did not fall. Be our foundation that we would remain standing through these times of trial. Open our hearts and our minds to be your people, extending care and grace in ever more creative ways as your Holy Spirit enlivens and directs us through the days ahead. In gratitude and abiding hope, we pray as a family in your name. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Your labor is not in vain, though the ground underneath you is cursed and stained. You're planting and reaping, you're never the same. Your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not. They cry out and the sea it may grow The place of your toil may not seem like a home Your labor is not
Hello, Ecclesia. It's Pastor Sean. And apparently, in the midst of all of our stay-at-home orders, some of us are losing track of which day it is, calling every day, I guess, Blur's Day. Well, I don't know when exactly you're listening to this, but I'm recording this during Holy Week. And it's a Holy Week unlike any I've ever experienced before. I've been a pastor for 22 years. Holy Week for me has always been a stream of stuff to do. Monday, Thursday, Passover Seders, Good Friday services, Holy Saturday, Resurrection Sunday gathering. Holy Week for pastors is like the World Cup. It's everything coming together at once. But that's not unique. That's not true just for pastors. Many of us are used to traveling for Easter or having parents or grandparents come visit. It's usually a busy time, but as we talked about last time we were together, we are all experiencing a new pace. And though most of us are staying at home, we in some ways are experiencing a new place. I don't know about you, but I'm noticing all new things about the people I live with and the spaces that we share together. On our first day home, when everybody had to go back to work or to school, I was sitting in my study, hunting and pecking away at my keyboard when my wife, Rochelle, called out, lunchtime. And I was like, what? I slid from behind my desk, met my daughters who were stumbling down the stairs, and we walked together into the kitchen where Rochelle had made lunch, like prepared lunch. And I'm not talking about chips and sandwiches. She had cooked. I was not prepared for this. And I even thought it was kind of nuts. I have lunch when I want to have lunch, when I'm prepared for lunch. And that usually means when I'm at a good place to stop doing whatever it is that I'm doing. I wasn't ready for this. And so my first thought was, are we going to do this every day? And secretly, I was saying, I hope we don't do this every day. But that lunch was really nice. We all had a break from work and school and Zoom and all the other things that we had to do just to share a few moments together to talk about our mornings. And I was surprised again a few days later on Saturday when Rochelle announced that that night we were going to have dinner. By dinner, she meant she was going to cook a real meal and we would set the table and eat, not at the dinette in the kitchen, but in the dining room, at the big table, the table with decorations and centerpieces and candles and a table runner on it. We were going to open a nice bottle of wine. We weren't necessarily going to get dressed up, 
but this was not a meal for your pajamas either. This, I thought, was a little much, but we did it, and it was nice. And maybe it's because it's Holy Week, and I've been thinking about Passover and Passover meals, all the ones that I've shared with so many sisters and brothers throughout the years, but I'm coming to appreciate those meals in a unique way because they're more than meals. These meals are family meals where unlike dating or date nights, heading out to a favorite restaurant or whatever, because those meals are great meals, but they're mostly about the meals. These meals, meals like the Passover meal, they're about home and about a particular kind of home. Bill Bryson is a historian and a writer, and he spent a lot of his time researching and writing about houses. He says, nothing about this house or any house is inevitable. Everything had to be thought of. Doors, windows, chimneys, stairs. When I thought about what Bryson wrote, I realized how intentional houses are. Houses along the beach are built differently than houses in Indiana. I remembered living in San Francisco where you could spend a million dollars to buy a postage stamp sized house and none of them had air conditioning. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to live in a house in Houston without air conditioning. Well, I guess you could pay me a million dollars, but we'd have to have a really clear idea of what you meant by live, and I would probably only be there in the winter. Houses are intentionally built. And what Rochelle intuitively knew when she called us in for lunch and instituted Saturday night dinners was that homes are also intentionally built. And that's not new to most of us. We all have rhythms already that make our houses our homes. None of us just started being single or living with whomever we live with. None of us just started being parents. Well, maybe a few of us just started in the last few days. We've developed our own rhythms of life and work. But now, now that all those rhythms have been upset and overturned, it might be good to discern some new ways of being. Some new ways of being home. And what I didn't grasp when Rochelle called us into the kitchen for lunch is that she was creating a new way of being home. That in the midst of working and schooling in new ways that we wouldn't miss one another. She was calling us to attentiveness. If you know me well, you know that attentiveness is really hard for me. Attentiveness is becoming aware of the present moment. Attentiveness means hitting the pause button. No, actually it means hitting the stop button. Not when I'm ready, but when the people around me need me. Attentiveness means setting a determination not to miss what's right in front of us, Attentiveness means being willing to linger. My friend Brian McLaren says, 
What you focus on determines what you miss. And the hard reality for many of us right now is that we have been attentive to all of the wrong things for a long time and inattentive to all of the right things. There's a story in John 5. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem with his disciples for a festival. I imagine they are moving with some urgency, ready to party, but Peter and James are talking and laughing and making plans about who they want to see first. I envision them picking up their pace as they enter the portico, each step drawing closer and closer to Jerusalem and the party. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops. Right there next to the pool at Bethesda, he sees a man who has been laying there for 38 years, desperate for healing when the waters are stirred. Thousands and thousands of people have walked by him. And maybe too, they were in a rush, having their own agendas, places to go. But Jesus stops. Though they may have been in a hurry, the apostles find Jesus a few feet back, motionless and standing next to a man on a mat. Jesus leans over. Do you want to be made well? Jesus could have just healed the man and kept walking. No interruption, no stopping, but he doesn't. He stops. He lingers. He looks. He listens. Have you ever, like, handed a dollar to someone on the street who was asking for money. Have you ever done that without ever bothering to look them in the eye? And you tell yourself, man, that's a whole lot more than most people are going to do. This healing is kind of like that. Jesus could have healed the man a thousand different ways. He could have lifted a finger or signaled for him to get up and walk. He could have come and snapped his fingers quick, clean, and efficient. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus stops. Jesus pays attention. Jesus delays his plans. He sets aside his agenda. Jesus, in this remarkably powerful and beautiful way, is open to interruption. Jesus is often interrupted, asked to heal or resurrect when those tasks were not on his agenda. And in the midst of those interruptions, Jesus never becomes angered or upset. Jesus is never miffed or annoyed. What is surprising to us is that Jesus is constantly asked for his attention. And he gives it. What's surprising in our hurry-up world, especially during times like Holy Week, is that God is just as much at work in lunches and Zoom calls and FaceTime meetings as God is at work anywhere else, but we have to pay attention or we'll miss it. We have to focus on the people God has given us and the space they occupy as heavenly messengers, reorienting us to all that we have missed before. What if the invitation for you this week is to be attentive.
Be attentive to your own soul and its own longing and need. Be attentive to the heart and the soul of people around you. What if you need to be less attentive to the news and what the president is or isn't doing, should or shouldn't do? Maybe you should be less attentive to the latest news on the coronavirus. And maybe you just find someone to stop for. Jesus is approached by a man and asked a question. He says, Lord, who is my neighbor? And we spend a lot of time trying to figure out who to pay attention to. And the answer for that is the same for you as it was for the man who stopped Jesus. Who should you love? Who is your neighbor? Just find someone. The next someone. And give them your attention. I want to invite you to see God in everything. Even the annoying and burdensome things. This week, I want to invite you to pay attention. And I can promise you this, that regardless of what you are paying attention to, you will find God there. Thank you. God bless. Every Riven Thing by Christian Wyman God goes, belonging to every riven thing he's made. Sing his being simply by being the thing it is. Stone and tree and sky. Man who sees and sings and wonders why. God goes, belonging to every riven thing he's made. Means a storm of peace. Think of the atoms inside the stone. Think of the man who sits alone, trying to will himself into a stillness where God goes belonging. To every riven thing he's made, there is given one shade, shaped exactly to the thing itself. Under the tree, a darker tree. Under the man, the only man to see. God goes belonging to every ribbon thing. He's made the things that bring him near, made the mind that makes him go. Part of what man knows, apart from what man knows, God goes belonging to every ribbon thing he's made.
God. 